All right, we're going live, and we are live on Facebook. It is Carcon Carne. Uh, I used to take my car every week to a different location. I'd meet my guests there. We'd get food. We'd share food. We'd feed each other in the front seat of my car. That can't happen anymore, at least not for probably another month or two. Quarantine con carne is what this is right now. I'm James Van Ostel and Car Con Carne, Quarantine Con Carne, sponsored by C&H Financial Services, which can help you, business owners, upgrade your business to the industry's leading point-of-sale system so you can streamline every aspect of your business for no cost. That's right, no cost. We're going to emerge from this pandemic at some point, and you're going to want that benefit on your side. Visit freeprocessingnow.com or call 855-600 or 600 2437 extension 999 so you my friend can start saving money it's car con carne let's eat in the car it's car con carne and now here's the star of our show james van my guest tonight on quarantine con carne he's a troubadour he's a raconteur he is a son of Libertyville. He is Ike Riley, an old dear friend. Hello, Ike Riley. Hi, James. How are you doing, buddy? Where, where are you? This is a pretty compelling man cave you're in. It looks like your wall could tell some stories. Not really a man cave. I'm in exile at uh, the headquarters of Great Lakes Tug and Barge. I, I, I like the skulls. I like the... What's that portrait behind you? Who's the woman? It's my mother. Is it really? Mm-hmm. She, the, is my, that, mom, my mom, that's her wedding portrait that I found under the stairs of her house in Libertyville, and she hates it. So how I, great is that? I bring it everywhere. How cool is that? I'm 93, and she's kicking. If you, I, I go and exercise her. She comes out on her front porch, and we, she did jumping jacks last week. Good for her. She's good. So. I want to say hi to Doug Julin, who's watching. Also, Jack Morris and Chris. Thank you for watching on Facebook Live. That right there is Ike Riley. First question is the obvious question. How are you holding up in this time of quarantine and COVID-19? Fine, you know. I mean, I'm fortunate, you know. I'm clean. I have a bathroom to use. I have a supportive family. We've got a place to stay. You know, we're, we're jammed into a, my somewhat grown up kids are home mm-hmm. so uh we're, you know we're tight but we're, we're good you know I and mean, i feel terrible for people people that aren't as fortunate my wife works at the hospital up in Louisville. she uh she's doing well she works at the front where you come in if you want to go see her she'll uh, spread i'm sure i'm sure that's plenty stressful for her and for you and for the rest of the family her working at the hospital is much more stressful for me. <laughs> it's stressful for her, yeah. But she's sure. And we, you know, it's it's sad. There's some sick people up there. You know, they have, I think they have about 60 COVID patients right now. Um, but you know, like I said, you ask me how we're doing. We're doing great. Right? I think, I, you know, there's people that are really suffering. Do you do you cook for the family? Are are you handy in the kitchen? Um, not really. No. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm a strange eating. You know. Are you are you a picky eater? No, I just eat at strange times. 
that's the rock and roll. That's I don't require that much food, to be honest. Well, you are very lean. You've always been very lean and fit looking. Yeah, thank you. You you don't seem like someone who'd be comfortable around a pie on Sunday. The pie, you know, all your pie. (laughs) So speaking of being quarantined with your family, this is, I guess, a classic case of making lemonade out of lemons. Family quarantine hour. Why not press them into service and perform with you online? That's, you know, that's what we did. Uh, And you're doing it again. Yeah, we do it every Saturday. Uh, It's it's been great, you know. They're, you know, like me, they're average in a lot of different things. And so, um, you know, my three boys and my son-in-law were all hold up together. My boys had started singing and they were singing on our new record record I'm making with my band. But then we just started uh, putting kind of a variety show together, you know. Uh, each boy sings a song, we sing some songs together, we throw a couple covers in. This week we're going to celebrate prom. Uh, my youngest boy uh, is a senior in high school. His girlfriend and their family are uh, they live right here, and we, since prior to the pandemic and the quarantine, apparently my son and his girlfriend have already anything they could have caught, they might have caught. But right, <laughs> for sure. So um, she has been helping us with the production of our of our show. It's called the My Grandma Family Quarantine Hour. So this week the theme will be prom. We're going to have a little prom for those two it was actually a good prom so see okay i should tell my son to watch he's a high school senior who doesn't get a prom this year he should watch in fact we're gonna uh, i think we'll probably spread the word yeah it, it, i wouldn't say that it's gonna be traditional but they're gonna get to dance and uh, <laughs> you know who knows what else will but they're not gonna waste money on a limousine so that's glass half full no no money will be wasted i mean uh, time will be wasted, yeah. <laughs> I want to thank Patty for watching. Also, Jeff and Justin and Greg and Devin and Jessica all for, and Stephanie uh, for all checking in right now, watching on Facebook Live. Yeah. Look at that. Facebook. Yeah, so we're, we're live on Facebook. This will turn into a podcast before I go to bed to bed tonight, if I'm th- that ambitious. I want to thank Ryan and David for also checking in. Uh, are you reading anything? Are you watching anything? Are you doing the traditional... I'm under lockdown, binge watching or reading stuff. You know, I'm not because uh, we're we're making a record that's going to be mixed, and I've we've tracked most of it with the band, and then I had to do a few things. So I'm working on a record. Actually, this is where we work on the record. Yes, it is HQ of Great Lake Stuck and Barge. I'm in exile here on the north side of Liberty Hold up. I don't, we don't live here. It's a friend of mine's joint. And, uh, but I do bring my mom's picture. So uh, I'm busy with that. And I'm busy because we have made a commitment to do this show every Saturday, every other Saturday night. So, you know, with our band breaks up a lot, you know, so I spend time breaking up and then reforming the band and rehearsing. Um, so we're playing a lot of music and uh, the, this, there's a company called Gotham Sound out of New York, and they sent me a bunch of stuff, cameras and microphones and all this technical shit to make our show 
you know, work. And it does, you know, it doesn't. That's so cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, I, I'm heartened to know that there's a new album that's dangerously close. I mean, it's only been two years since the last one, not even. Um, what ha what was the break between Hard Luck Stories and Born on Fire? You were working on a TV pilot. There was a, there was a long period where we were without Ike Riley music. Oh, I don't really remember, but uh, what, what period was that? Between like 2009 and 2014. Oh, yeah. Well, one thing, uh, we lost a record, I guess, uh, you know, due to somebody was probably drinking and the hard drive, you know, the song for hard drives. And it happens. I had a TV show in development with AMC, and I was working on that. And then that took a lot of time and money, and it went away. And, uh, I guess it took the steam out of me for a while. So we came back and started making records again. But, you know, I mean, it's really not that long considering my first record came out when I was 38. So there were like 37 years I've been doing any records before that. So. See, and I thought you were just 25 as of right now. <laughs> it's that youthful exuberance that you project. It's a filter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're always using your filters like a true millennial. Um, I, I want to thank David for watching. Edmund, a lot of people are, are checking you out. They, they love you, Ike Riley. You are, you are beloved in the, in the city and suburbs here. Um, Mike is watching as well. Um, you know, I, I've asked a lot of musicians this over the past month plus. This can be a difficult time to be creative. Like when you're, when you're forced, when you're sequestered, kind of against your will, it's hard to be creative and inspired. And I've heard different opinions from different musicians. Some are like, yeah, now's not my time to create, but it sounds like that's not the issue with you. And you, that's all you're doing. I mean, it's what I do, you know, anyway. I mean, the only thing that's changed is I had so many shows canceled and, um, you yeah, know, what are you going to do? Right. One of the things I love about, the music of Ike Riley. I, I love your turns of phrase. I, I love the stories you tell. And I, I was thinking, I, I was thinking about, um, I was listening to Living in the Wrong Time, and I just love the line, I used to have a tiny bit of dignity. We all did. Um, but do lyrics come as you're telling your stories, or do you build stories around turns of phrase that, that appear in your head? Or is it a mix of both? Uh, I think I don't like come up with a phrase and then say I need to put that in a song. I think I, you know, I'll be, you know, whether I'm writing something else that's not a song, you know, you know a diary or a, a letter or email or whatever, um, I might get a concept for a, a song. But I usually just either I'm playing the guitar and working on a melody and, I, and the songs kind of reveal themselves and then those turns of phrases I steal from neighbors coaches and teachers, you know, and jam them into some bigger concept. Like, like living in the wrong time was, that was probably the, I just built a song around, you know, there are a lot of tough things to live with, you know, living in the wrong place, living with the wrong people, but you can kind of change that, but you can't, you'll go mad if you realize you're actually stuck in the wrong era. <laughs> so. That's kind of the concept of that song. Your songs deal with people who perhaps make some bad choices 
in life. And I remember I took a fiction writing course. This was years and years ago, and I suck at writing fiction. But the one takeaway I got from that class is you never want, as you're paying attention to a story, you never want the lead character to have a good time. You never want the lead character to have a good day. And I think about that when I hear Ike Riley's songs, like some people do some unfortunate things or in some unfortunate situations, and that makes them ultimately relatable. Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly what, you know, maybe generalize that. I mean, there are some songs that aren't, you know, that are more impressionistic than, like, mm-hmm. you know, linear A to B stories. But yeah, I mean, I'm not too interested. You know, I mean, if you're empathetic to other people's struggles, you know, I think. I never really set out to do this, but if you, if you listen to some of the songs, you'll see empathy for people that are smaller. With the attention you've given to the town of Libertyville, could you in fact run for mayor of Libertyville at some point? Um, I'm good friends with the current mayor. Uh, I probably could. <laughs> it. Um, I'm not going to be cocky enough to say I could win it. Uh, um, but... Uh, if there was any money in it, I'd already done it, James. That's true. Suburb- suburban mayors don't make a whole lot of bank. That is true. They don't. And you're better off playing the bars at that point. I mean, you're better off selling weed. You know, <laughs> easily, you know. Although the, it's not legal. You got to go all the way to Wonderland to the legal dispensary buys. I, I will say there are some absolutely bucolic parts of Liber- Libertyville. I did some research on Paradise Lane on Zillow. Some really, <laughs> some really pricey property on Paradise Lane. Yeah, I guess there is. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I, I use the term because, because it's kind of like, if you're not from around here, you would have the, the vision of where, well, you know, what it looked like. It's really a suburban street. But the, that song is truthful. What's really cool about that song is everybody that's in that song performs on that song. Uh, the two kids in the car accident, Max and Jake, are musicians that sing on it with me. Morello plays guitar on it. And he's, of course, uh, my friend in Hollywood that I reference. And he really does want me to be the mayor of Libertyville so we can play. <laughs> oh, I mean, was, that, would, that would be his dream, you know. And then we would get a... He, I think he told me he wants to, he, if we get that, we get a float and we put women in camouflage bikinis. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, you know, uh, Tom can't get everything he wants. None of us can. Um, politics and songs. Speaking of Tom, does your attitude about putting politics and songs go back to when Trump stiffed you as a doorman all those years ago? Um, I've always put politics in songs, and when Trump stiffed me, um, you know, I don't know if anybody knows that, but I was a doorman at Park Hyatt for 13 years down on Michigan Avenue. I met a lot of people as a doorman. You know, Nixon, I met President Nixon, I met Clinton before he was president, uh, Rich, uh, Keith Richards, uh, the Dalai Lama. That's insane. Phyllis Diller. <laughs> By the way, that, that sounded so hipster. Yeah, I met Clinton before he was president. I remember calling my dad. I'm like, there were 17 Democratic candidates at the time. 
and Clinton came and spoke in this little room at the Park High, and everybody from Chicago was in this little room, all the dailies, Bobby Rush, all the, you know, everybody. And I had never heard of Bill Clinton. I heard him speak, I remember telling my dad, I think I just saw the next president. He's like, who? I said, the governor of Arkansas. And it's like, no, Hayes, he's going to be the governor of Arkansas, or going to be the president. And sure enough, he was. And here we are. Yeah. But Trump uh, came in, I took him to the presidential suite. He stiffed me, and uh, they, they uh, accused me of stealing the belt to his first wife's pantsuit. And, uh, of course, that caused a lot of, you know, controversy about um, I didn't steal it. Thinking back to those years, I mean, you were, you were still a musician back then. I mean, you, you performed in the 90s. Thinking back to those years, whether it was as a grave digger or working at the Park Hyatt, could you have imagined where you're at now? Being a musician full-time, being really... Bankrupt. What's that? Bankrupt. Bank, bankrupt. Sure. But, I mean... I, I think you're in an enviable, I, there are a lot of local musicians watching and probably listening right now, who I think look to you as a guy who kind of figured it out and kind of did things on his own terms. Could you have seen yourself thought of in that light back then? Yeah, I mean, I could. I, I knew then I did, that I never thought I'd be, um, you know, I knew that writing and making music, I was going to do whether I was a doorman or a commercial director or bartender and was good. And uh, I'm fortunate to just be able to do that now. And it, you know, that's been easy, you know. I mean, uh, but it has been easy, you know. I, mean, I don't really worry about money that much. I've had trouble with it. I've made it, I haven't made it. But I've been able to keep my family together. And uh, I've got, uh, you know, I've had a wife, I have a wife <laughs> that has been you know, she knew that I was going to get up and write songs every day until the day I died. I'm fortunate to be able to go around and play them, you know, and people, handful of miscreants and uh, losers come and see me every time. <laughs> they're not, I don't mean they're losers, I mean, they have bad taste. But in every town, there's enough <laughs> that'll come and, you know, listen. And the, the, the thing that I can't, I, that I am surprised and happy about is that I've been able to keep the same musicians. And I, for the most part, you know, uh, there's nobody that's left on bad terms and everybody I play with has been with me a long time in a devastating band. And, you know, in fact, I'm looking, I was just looking at footage of us from a couple months ago for a film. And, uh, you know, that's the most, gratifying thing it isn't so much you know you sell a few records you do a few shows but to meet with these guys that have a shared knowledge of 200 things that came out of your head and uh and then can perform them in a totally original you know i'd say urgent and vital and nimble fashion is it's pretty amazing to me I mean, I've been playing with Phil since he was just out of high school, you know, and he's been, you know, and he's done a lot of stuff. He's in the Secret Machines and Tripping Days and Polyphonic Spree, and he and I are, you know, best friends. And uh, so, by, that, the, by the way, Tripping Daisy, 
that I think it was the last album they did. Uh, Jesus hits like the atom bomb. No one connected with that at all. It was fucking awesome. Sorry, go ahead. I don't know who connects. You're going to talk to a guy. You're talking to a guy that thinks nobody connects with this shit. So, uh, <laughs> but you know, so that's the thing. You know, to just I still have romantic and and uh, visions of being in a band. You know, like when we get on the bus and take off, I I couldn't be happier. You know, and then, that's that's it. Yeah. So yeah. So to answer your question, you know, did I think I'd have I was 38 and had no records out, and now I've got, you know, I'd, I'd say we come, I think this is like, might be our 10th fully-ranked record. So that's pretty cool. You know? That's very cool, and congratulations. Um, with, and truthfully, I will be making new records with my kids. I mean, certainly my band will be playing the music, but my, my kids are writing, and, uh, and they can sing and play, and they have an uh, uninhibited kind of, frivolity, you know, and uh, so that's, that's, I guess I didn't really think that would happen, you know, I thought, Jesus, these guys are going to drag me down. So, and you're playing with them Saturday night, it is the family quarantine hour, is that straight through Facebook that people can watch that? Facebook, it's on our, uh, I grab the uh, page, it's at 8 o'clock Central Standard Time, um, I guess it's it's peculiar. It's it's what's the word? It's just strange and I guess surprising. You know, I probably played with more people than I ever have on these uh, live streams. You know, people are connecting to it. I think I can only think. You know, because it's a, a family thing. It gives people. I, I, what I've read on Facebook, it gives people a sense of normalcy and yep and. Uh, and you know we're not super slick. You know we've got some songs together. And, you know most of my stuff with a couple covers, and um, and so I think the voyeuristic nature of you know my wife said her favorite part was actually seeing me get irritated, and you know uh, so you know it's it's fun. I mean it's 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 intimate. I'm we're in this exact room. Um, so it's been, it's been gratifying to see people say that they really, it's been a relief for them, you know, to watch. And you know, I'm, I'm always, you know, I discount sometimes what I do and what all entertainers do. Uh, you know, there's far more important jobs. You know, but when you see, you know, somebody say, you know, that really made our, not even made our week or made us forget. Um, you know, that I guess the uh, more uh, the less cynical me and is uh, heartened by that and, and grateful you know that people sit and watch us for an hour i think it's super cool all yeah. right so that's saturday night uh new albums being worked on while under quarantine and uh you are ike riley I, i'm so glad to reconnect although over the vastness of the web we, we can't manhug or anything but thank you <laughs> thank you for doing this ike James, it's uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for your enthusiasm for music and music in Chicago for a couple decades, right? It's been a bit. It's been a bit. Looking good, my man. You too. All right, I'm going to kill the Facebook live feed. Bye, everybody. Thank you for watching.